of UKW Friday Night Showdown that it only seems a moment since the first episode. I was quite emotional. They've got new titles and new music. I prefer the old music, to be honest. But maybe that's just curmudgeonly Steve Swift talking in that way. Could be. Anyway, this was a great episode. Of course it was. You've got loads of things to come out of WrestleBration. You've got the energy of WrestleBration. You've got what should be a reset but isn't really. And you've got one disappointment, which is a bit of a shame. But um, only one. And it's a longer show, you know. So that's a pretty good score. First of all, we have Jonathan Sedgwick out, who beat JPR after JPR beat Mustafa Khan at WrestleBration. We do know that now. And um, he's there to show us the belt, which he's changed from the green Persian Empire colour to the usual blue colour for the strap. And um, out comes Mustafa Khan with his Persian Empire friends and he's not happy of course but what he does do he's always looking for a way out or something to keep them not a way out but something to keep them in the mix and that's what a good boss does he reminds Sedgwick that his son Joe hello Joe beat him as he said he would at WrestleBration and so Jonathan now has to be a member of the Persian Empire, which will be interesting in the coming weeks, and consequently, he demands the gold belt. Cut to Red Red Brocco, who's not there this week. He's on the screen. Good, that means he can't come out every two minutes. Who says he doesn't work like that? And um, he's already used his rematch, rematch clause, has uh, Mustafa Khan. I don't know how that could be, but I, I haven't seen my celebration yet or anything like that, so... Maybe it happened there. And so, as a fallback position, and you've got to have a fallback for your fallback, that's what a good boss would do. Mustafa Khan tells him, you're going to look after my belt, and he's going to make sure that the Persian Empire are there to make sure, he's going to make sure, they will make sure, that Jonathan Sedgwick wins all of his matches. That's going to be very interesting particularly as he is later on defending against a mystery opponent. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting, interessant, I would say. And later on, he just then tosses in casually that later on, Chris Castle will face Big Duncan, who's not there, of course. He's split from the group. Chris Castle's face is a bit of a picture when that happens. (laughs) Next out, is uh, Jester J. Rowe Lewis. Not twice or three times or four times removed. The Triple Crown Champion. Yes. And he wants either uh, Momentum or Hamza, who have been working together quite well. Hamza's out as a new round-the-clock champion with Momentum, who I interviewed on this very show, and he mentioned uh, this match... And it's going to be Momentum versus Jester J-Row. And it's a damn good match for a while. Early on, Lewis captures the arms and sort of um, kneels on the back of Momentum and just flexes. So Momentum then smacks him down to the mat 
and does press-ups on him. Yeah, that's nice. He hits his standing moonsault, does moat. Love that. And they trade enormous punches, throwing each other halfway across the ring. This is wonderful. Momentum goes for his gory bomb. So Lewis is in that position. He turns it into a code red. That is extraordinary. What a counter. Marvellous work. It's just getting going. And out come Johan Hunt and Joe Sedgwick. And there are chants of Joey flip-flop. I didn't start that. I didn't start that. The fans did, did, did that on their own. Yeah. You've got the, the Johan Hunt stomp, which is a, a brutal, a brutal move to Lewis. And then the magic killer. And we know that the Persian Empire are not giving up without a fight. At that moment, we see somebody in the rafters, a la Sting, wanting some kind of big-nosed mask. A, a, a bit like the uh, the octopus mask that Jonathan Gresham wasn't wearing at the last AEW pay-per-view. And um, somebody in a sort of cowled figure or hooded figure by his side. Who are they? New people coming in. Well, it is a new season. Oh, yes. Yes. And next... We've got Hamza staying in the ring. He is the round-the-clock champion. And he says that on his debut, he built Joe, he, beat, he beat Joe Sedgwick. He didn't build him. I'll just get some wood and uh, a little bit of steel. And then we'll, we'll see what we can make out of that. Looks good. Now I need some buttons for the eyes. Not like that. He wants, he said he beat him on his debut and he wants a match with him now. Blimey. Don't call people out. You're the round-the-clock champion. But he does. Immediately, Hamza goes after him. Punches, short crossbody, nice sent on. But Joe's got those ring smarts. And he manages to sweep Hamza's legs from out, out from under him. So he smacks into the apron. And then Joe rolls him up with a handful of trunks. And smiles and smiles and smiles as he takes that belt back to the stage. And who's behind him with the referee? Shake McToom. Quick pin. He's your new champion. Joe's so cheesed off, he's straight off He's straight off the stage. He didn't really want that belt, I don't think. He won it, that's great. Now he's lost it. <laughs> what have you got me into, Hamza? So, yeah, shortest round-the-clock champion for UKW ever? I think it might be. And uh, McToom leaves with, with the belt. And he's be funny with him in with the belt, I must say. And he leaves through the crowd so nobody could touch him. That's very nice. And this was even better. Out comes Leonie Rose, and she's got such great playground heel energy. No longer the champion, Sarah beat her at WrestleBration, Sarah Sky that is, but she had to fight twice, and she doesn't like that. This has great energy. She keeps it going. Even when Kirsty Love comes on the screen, on a sofa, she's at home, and uh, shows her that she has the dream ticket, and calls Leonie Rose out as if she's still got the title. She hasn't got the title, Kirsty. It's Sarah. Next in is Sarah, who just wants to thank us all. And then out comes Leonie Rose again. Now, this is an issue for me, because Leonie Rose would definitely attack Sarah Sky if she came across her. And with that, with Sarah coming out immediately afterwards, through the same entrance, and then Leonie Rose coming, coming out immediately after that, from the same entrance, yeah, it's not ideal. But it's great to see Leonie Rose again because she has that great heel energy. She's arguing with Brett. She's arguing with Shelby. Shelby, Sinar, 
decides to get up and give her a public dressing down. And that is great. She's been doing that recently with Andrew Jepson. And she did it again with Leone Rose. That really worked. It, it's, like a, it's like a mother dressing down her kid. It's, it's really good. Now, next we've got a triple threat. Triple threat for the number one contender for the Genesis Championship. And that will be fought for later. Not from these three. But it will be a rematch from WrestleBration. So it could either be Jacob Reed or Cliff Harrison on the cliff side. Who got the championship later on. But this will be Young Horus, who won his first match at WrestleBration. Good, he keeps the mask. Versus the Yorkshireman. A cheer it for Yorkshire. And uh, that wasn't very good. It was, it was a lot, lot, a lot worse than Sean Bean could do, for instance. And uh, Dan Adams. Now, this is a good little match. It's um, it's fast. After Brett Hadley says, um, calls Dan Adams' hat beautiful. I'm not sure about that. It's just a tricorn with a few feathers on it. It's not got any brocade or anything. There's no cloth of gold, Brett. Anyway. First of all, earlier on, early on, and I didn't expect this, you've got Horus and Dan Adams teaming up together because the Yorkshireman is a bigger dude. Yeah? They attack him. He turns them both round, posts them both. Yes. Then he hits a double suplex because they try and suplex him together. It's lovely work, this. Very, very nice. And then you've got a Horus Bulldog on, uh, or Bulldog attempt, should I say, on the Yorkshireman. The Yorkshireman catching him, throwing him at Dan Adams and Horus Rana-ing Dan Adams. It's lovely. Then you've got an electric chair to Dan Adams on the Yorkshireman's shoulders. Horus off the top. I thought, like Brett did, that it was a doomsday device, elbow, but it wasn't, Shelby tells us, it was a drop kick. I have to re-look at that, re-watch it. And then suddenly, Horus gets a, a roll up for the pin. That was really well done. Really nicely done, that. A really good match and a contender for match of the night. But it isn't because this match is. First of all, out comes Henry Winter, new hardcore champion. Well done. And Dylan's out. He wants to prove to Henry Winter that he is worthy to fight him next week. And so he wants to fight in a hardcore match. Billy O'Keefe. Billy seems up for this. No DQ. The great thing about this match is, and Henry Winter points it out, that it's not just about weapons. He wants it to be about attitude. And that's the right way to go. It's really fast. There are tie-ups. Dylan, Dylan's work has come on so, so much in the last few weeks. Ties him up really well, then takes a chair and a kendo stick out. Oh, yes. O'Keefe drop kicks that chair into his face and then hits him on the back with it. A bit softly, to be honest. If you say, can you just feel me brushing the chair on your back? It's not ideal. O'Keefe then goes uh, to, the tool, to the toolbox underneath the ring, takes out a screwdriver, decides, no, I don't think I'll bother with that, because he then picks up a rather large toaster. It's massive. It's one of those kind of eight slice toasters. Then he dropped toe holds Tommy Dillon onto that toaster. As Brett said, I never expected to be calling that when I got up this morning. No. But Dillon, he's got an idea of how to hit that chair. He, he almost plants it into O'Keefe's skull. He really does. Then he hits the Kiara lock and he's pulling back on the head. But O'Keefe grabs the kendo stick, can't really get the torque to smack him with it. 
So Dylan takes it off him and puts it in his mouth as he's pulling back on the head for the pin. That was nasty. It was nasty, but very nice. And indeed, he will face Henry Winter next week. And on this kind of showing, he will be someone to watch. Well done, Dylan. Very nice. Now, JPR is out. He's on a stick. He injured that leg again when he won the title, as he says, for about an hour. Yeah, I have to say, the footage of him winning the title, lovely work from all concerned. And... Sedgwick has already told him that's Jonathan Sedgwick owner of the company I have devilled your kidneys my lord um, he's already said he will fight JPR at Aftermath he's got three weeks to get to get in shape and the way he was limping on that leg I think he'll need three months okay this is the match a lot of people are waiting for Chris Castle the crocodile referee versus Big Duncan and it was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. Early, I think it's, I thought it was going to go really well because Castle still got his glasses on, his sunglasses. Duncan takes them off and breaks them. It's lovely. Then it's hammer blows and a massive posting. The ring really shuddered. He tries to swing him. Does Big Duncan can't quite get the swing going. It's technique, really. And then suddenly, Leighton, the ref, just DQs Duncan. And that's it. I wanted to see more carnage. That's what we were watching for, isn't it? Oh, never mind. Maybe there'll be a rematch. I really hope so. So next we've got Reed versus Harrison. Jacob Reed said on this here podcast that if Harrison wanted a fight, he'd bring a fight. And I knew that was the way he could beat him. And he has beaten him. And here he beats him again in really emphatic form. He um, he hits the, the uppercut, but it's not really an uppercut today off the ropes. It's more like a smack to the mouth. It's more like a punch. It was huge. Then goes for a figure four. Really good work from Jacob Reed. Harrison does, he seems, Cliff seems to want, he seems really to want to lift Jacob Reed. He seems quite into that. And he, he I mean, he he lifts him, but he has to drop him. And then Reed comes back with a really, really stiff powerbomb. That was hard. And then the Jacobs ladder for the pin. And I think that Cliff must have been out from that powerbomb. That was huge. Reed is on good form, you know. And it's going to take something. It's going to take, well, it's going to take young Horus an awful lot to get that title off him. But... After losing so long, he's won twice in a week, and they are both on a bit of a tear. Next, though, is the boss versus Sebastian Mercer. It's the Mercer Nery. Actually, this match didn't go as long as it could. And it was a shame, really, because there was some really good work in this. So you've got Sedgwick starting with a nice suplex. He hits his moves really well. They are a thing of beauty when he gets them going. Single leg DDT, but then Mercer comes back with a basement DDT and then a full-sized one in which he, he spikes Sedgwick right on the top of his head. Then it's a Boston Crab. There are some very close pins for Mercer. It almost looks as though he's going to do this. So out come the Persian Empire. They distract him and Sedgwick hits the super kick for the pin. But he won because the Persian Empire helped him. I don't believe 
There was an op. I don't. I think he might not have won if it hadn't been for them. So where does this leave him? He's got to be in a moral dilemma. It's a moral maze because he's winning because of the hated Persian Empire. And this one will be a great angle, actually. Now, now we've got him joining, but him being the being the champion and them having to support him until Khan could have another fight with him. It's going to be great. And there were loads and loads of uh, loads of ground laid laid on this episode of Showdown. It was fast. It was energetic. It rolled along beautifully. There were no dull spots. There was a disappointment, but that and that was a shame. But generally, it was a piece of excellence. And UKW are doing that every week. Ta ta.